My name is Dave Coker, and I have the privilege of being president of Fisher House Foundation. So can you tell me a little bit about your military journey? Oh, gosh, it it starts at an early age. <laughs> I'm a military brat. And, and so my dad entered the service in 42 and served until 77. And so growing up, the military was just, it was family. Uh, and I went through school on a ROTC scholarship and had my career um, and had the privilege of serving in the Medical Service Corps for 15 years. I took an early retirement. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's just funny. There's so many God things is uh, or touchstones yeah. uh, that, that allowed me to, to, to come to Fisher House. Uh, but when I was, my last assignment that I retired from was at Fitzsimmons Army Medical Center, and that's in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, and we've received the gift of a Fisher House. And of course, the, the first thing you think, it was on the edge of the parade field, and it was the perfect place for the general to build his new set of quarters. And so that was the first rumor. And then we heard it was going to be a Fisher House. And you say, okay, so what's a Fisher House? Yeah. And learned it was going to be a place where families could stay while their loved one was in the hospital. And that reminded me, uh, you know, if it's one thing we know is life happens. When I was a young captain over in Europe, uh, I was in Heidelberg, Germany, uh, got a call. My mom had cancer. Uh, and I learned later that uh, because my, my father had served in the Army Medical Department, he uh, knew the commanding general of Walter Reed Army Medical Center. Uh, general Malone had worked for my father. So dad called him up and said, Lou, Virginia's got cancer. I'd really like to get a second opinion. Who's got the best program? And General Malone said, well, we do. We're Walter Reed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he said, I'll, I'll help set up the appointments, but there's one condition. You're staying with me. And he opened up his house to my parents at a very difficult time. And I know how much that meant to them to be in an environment where you were cared for and 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 uh, you weren't alone. And, and so when the opportunity came to support a Fisher House at Fitzsimmons, I was still active duty. I went to the chief of staff and said, hey, boss, can I be the point person for this and, 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 and help set it up? And he goes, go ahead, knock yourself out. <laughs> and, and that got me uh, introduced uh, to what Fisher House is and does. You know, from the installation perspective, there was a guest house with 200 rooms that could provide support. But lodging is different than what Fisher House provides. Right. It's a home environment. You're with others. And when somebody walks through the door of a Fisher House, we simply want them to know that there are others who appreciate your service, honor that service, and want to help you in your time of need. And, and uh, so to, to, to be a part of the origins of that house, uh, I talked my wife into volunteering to be the manager. 
uh, of the house. And, and of course that meant I was volunteer number one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that first Thanksgiving and, and we had five families in the house, all with NICU babies, you know, that, that, that were, were grateful uh, that they were at a place could, that could provide the care they needed for their little ones. And if you don't think that was a special Thanksgiving, you know, that, and I've been sold ever since. Well, you've been a part of Fisher House really early on. Uh, have you ever thought it would be, it would grow this much since you started? Well, uh, no, (laughs) you know, you, you, what you do is, is you, you come in and you try to make a difference every day. And, and over the years, it, it, it it just continues to have an impact and it's a, a, a wonderful synergy. When Zach started the program and it's, it's named Fisher house after Zachary Fisher, uh, Zach went to, uh, Admiral Carl Trost, who was the chief of naval operations, and said, you know, Admiral Trost, I would like to do something that would be a blessing, not just to the Navy, but to all the services. And being a good leader, Admiral Trost went to his staff and said, okay, I've, I've received an offer from Mr. Fisher. What do I tell him? And being a smarter man, he went to his wife mm-hmm. and said, Honey, I had a a conversation today, and this is uh, this man offered to do something that that would be a blessing. And she had remembered she had been working with the wives' club, and they were trying to find a building that they could use to convert to housing for families receiving medical care because she had seen a a medevac helicopter come in, and and the patient was taken off, and then the the family came out with suitcases that at the National Naval Medical Center at the time. And, and she always wondered, where's that family gonna stay? Yeah. And so it was something that was just on her heart. She, uh, she mentioned it to Zach and Zach said, I'm a builder, I can do that. And Zach initially uh, back in uh, 1990 proffered two houses one for the Army at Walter Reed Army Medical Center and one for the Navy at the National Medical Center. And he thought about it and said, maybe the Air Force needs one. And the Air Force said, yeah, we do, but we need one in Texas. And three became five. And and as the program started to grow, uh, his friend said, you know, this is gonna be something special. Maybe you need to set up a foundation. But Zach and Elizabeth wrote a personal check for the first 20 plus houses. And oh, that's wow. why the program carries his name. He, you know, he he proved the concept. And, uh, uh, you know, we are, are proud that, you know, upon his death, we took over responsibility for the construction and support of the houses. Uh, I had always said, you know, we're, we're on the road to 100. We've got 94 uh, that we've completed. We've got two more under construction, one in Columbia, Missouri, uh, and the second house at Bay Pines in Florida. We hope to start three more this year. And and next year, we hope to complete 100 houses. And I always thought I'd retired 100 houses. 
but it's coming way too soon. Right. <laughs> I, I picked that because I'd never uh, imagined that we would get to that day in my lifetime. But now that we're on the road, uh, I'm going to set my sights on uh, maybe 120 or 150. Well, that actually brings up a good point. How does it feel for you personally to have an impact in these people's lives that are going through such a tough experience at that moment? The highlight is, you know, number one, it's not me. Uh, I have the privilege of being, being the middleman and a part of the leadership that, that helps it. But these are gifts from Americans all across the country, uh, corporations and individuals who who have such a respect you know i'd i'd love to say it's brilliant leadership that has made us successful <laughs> it's who we serve You're right and and people want to show their support to the men and women who serve and 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 recognize the sacrifices that their families make but the highlight is always going to the houses and i get accused from time to time of staging people in the house <laughs> and i don't yeah, I just go up to somebody who's a resident and I say, "Hi, I'm I'm Dave. I'm with Fisher House. How long have you been here? Where are you from? How's your loved one doing?" And and they open up, and, and I ask how they learned about Fisher House, and and all too often we tend to be a best kept secret. You know, the thing that's important to us is get that next house open. We don't right. invest a lot in advertising. And, and traditional sources. We believe that providing services and helping people, that will inspire them to be a part of what we do. And 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 so far that's been successful. I remember <laughs> going to uh, the Houston Fisher House and, and uh, of course the first thing the manager does is typically introduce me to some of the guests. Yeah. And I met this young man and he said, Mr. Coker, I just want to thank you for saving my life. I said, excuse me. <laughs> and he explained that he lived down in the valley uh, near Westlaco. And it was several hours to get to the big city. And when he learned he had cancer, they said, well, you need to come to Houston and, and you'll be here for weeks. And he knew he wasn't going to come without his wife. And he couldn't afford to bring his wife to the big city. And so he was just going to accept what time he had left. And then he learned there was a Fisher house and there was a place where they could be together and it wouldn't cost him anything. And he came, he got the treatment. And that day he was told he was in remission and could go home. And, and so to, to be able to make a difference in the decisions people make, because when life happens, you want two things. You want the best medical care and you want to be there. Well, the military and VA health care systems are two of the best in the world and they provide world-class health care. Having a place for families to stay is much more of a challenge. And, you know, it's non-negotiable. You're going to do what you need to do. If it's running up the credit card debt, if it's right. borrowing from other family members, you're going to be there. And to be able to bring them into the healing process and let them focus on that is, you know, we, we just appreciate the difference it makes. And we're not going to 
uh, always be a part of their lives, but we come into their lives at a time when the stress is at its height. Can you tell me about some of the other programs Fisher House has? Well, we've we've learned a lot uh, from the families who've graced our houses, uh, and and you know back in in the day when so many wounded were coming back, uh, the military is great at what they're authorized to do. But what they're authorized to do and what a family's needs are can be two different things. And and so we try to fill those gaps. Uh, one of the barriers was transportation. You know, you get a call that uh, your daughter's been injured. You're put on orders. You get to Walter Reed, let's say. And after you've been there for a week and you're 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 past that stress point of, is she going to survive? You know, the next question is, okay, did I leave the stove on or the water running and I need to go back and, and just check on things so I can be here long-term for my daughter? Well, they would go and ask the military and they'd say, sure, we can fly you back. But what the military didn't relay is that, okay, when we fly you back, the other support you receive from the military stops. You know, they'll fly you to, they'll fly you home, and and that ends the support. Right. And so we use donated frequent flyer miles, and we were able to provide families that opportunity to go back and and not lose the benefits that they were entitled to so that they could support their son or daughter. Uh, at the same time, we use those miles uh, and we provide, uh, well, we remove the barrier of transportation from the service member and or their family from participating in events, other charities events that are, are going to help on, on their journey to recovery. Uh, because uh, by having that as a resource, it makes other nonprofits that much more effective because they can focus on their programs right. and not spend their limited resources on flying people in. So not only do we have Hero Miles that uses the donated frequent flyer miles, as that became successful, we said, okay, works with airlines. How about hotels? And so we have hotels for heroes as well. And we use that to provide lodging when the Fisher house is full Okay. Or if uh, somebody has a need, they need to go to a specialty hospital, they're being treated in a community where we just haven't gotten to build a house yet, uh, we provide lodging through Hotels for Heroes. Um, we, we look for those things that impact the quality of life. Uh, we also look at opportunities uh, and believe in marketing through service. So uh, with the uh, Defense Commissary Agency, we partnered, gosh, 20 years ago, scholarships for military children. And we provide a $2,000 scholarship for the sons and daughters of those who serve, 500 of them, a million dollars in scholarship, oh, wow. as, a, as a way of recognizing uh, the, the, the sacrifices that the families make. Uh, our commitment was always uh, we would do at least one 
scholarship per commissary, but we far exceeded that. And it's just a, a, a way to say thank you to the families. And at the same time, you know, there are only so many major military medical centers. And the challenge was, how do we get a presence in every military community? Well, if you provide scholarships through the commissaries that's in every military community, you're creating awareness and at the same time doing good. Uh, we, we also had a chance to partner uh, with Newman's Own, Paul Newman and oh. Newman's Own. And he had a, uh, a, a contest one time with Kmart when it was uh, at, at its zenith shall we say <laughs> yeah and, and they had a contest where enter our contest and you can and you can give away five hundred thousand to the charities of your choice and they were appalled that they had very few entries and what their research told them was well if i've got to give it away who wants it <laughs> you know so we went to them and we said tell you what uh, you're now selling your your goods in the commissaries. How about if we do a contest together where we reach out to, in the military community, people identify a problem, tell us how they're going to solve it, and, and, and we'll provide them a grant to solve a problem throughout the military. And that was another opportunity to get into every community uh, and and... Gosh, over the years, uh, we've provided over two and a half million in grants to other nonprofits focusing on the military community. You know, there's a there's a great temptation to try to be all things to all people when you start to be successful, and you're not going to stay successful if if you try to do everything for everybody. So, we need to pick our lane. And this is a way where we can support others with great ideas, not get distracted and educate the leadership of the military of how many different organizations there are out there doing wonderful things for the military. Where do you want to see the organization in the next three to five years? Oh, gosh. Uh, working on House 101, 102, 103. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, every, every organization has its personality. And I think we have found a way to honor the service, to meet the needs unique. Uh, nobody else is doing what we do. Uh, I want us to stay true to who we are, do things with a sense of humility. Uh, we are so proud to be able to partner with the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marine Corps, the Space Force, and uh, and and serving all the 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 services, yeah. um, and, and we need to remember that our success is tied into who we serve, and so if we think about what their needs are, we're going to be okay. Um, we have a we have a wonderful product. Uh, I think we do it the right way. Uh, and and if we can encourage others to be as successful as we are, uh, then we'll be a success. I don't. I could never have imagined that I would be 
so privileged as to be able to do what I do uh, to make a difference and to give other people that opportunity, uh, that's taking it to the next level. My name is Jenny Hall, and I am the manager of house support at the Fisher House Foundation. So how did you get involved with Fisher House in the first place? When I started with Fisher House, I already had a reputation on the military base where my husband was stationed at the time from working with the military health care contractor. And when they were started looking for a Fisher House manager, it was right at the exact same time that the contract was switching from one military health care contractor to another. And so I was at the point of having to make a decision if I was going to stay with military health care and transition to a new contractor or move to a different position. And one of the hospital commanders had recommended that I apply for this job. So that's how I got invited. So how important is it for the families that stay at Fisher House to have a good support system? Oh, it's very important. So think about any time when you are away from um, or going through, let me backtrack. Think about any time that you are going through a um, crisis, an unexpected illness, injury, anything like that, and you have all of your supports around you. You have your spouse, your in-laws, your friends, your church group, your children, all of those supports around you. Well, imagine now if you had to travel to receive that care or that healing process, you lose all of your supports. So what Fisher House provides is that support system, kind of a pseudo support system. A home, and that's why we're a home away from home, because the Fisher House staff, the other families that are in the Fisher House become that natural support system because everyone that's there has a military affiliation. Everyone has an unexpected illness or injury that they are trying to navigate. And everyone is away from home. They're away from their support systems. And so the, the that's what the Fisher House offers over a hotel that could never be matched anywhere else. For you personally, how does it feel to, you know, connect with these families as you are also, uh, you know, live the military life? Oh, I'll tell you, for me personally, these people become a part of my extended family. When you walk through these unexpected situations with people, not every day in the hospital is a good day. Right. And so you, uh, in my situation, I would laugh with the families, cry with the families, pray with the families, eat with the families. Um, I'm, I was there first thing when they woke up in the morning. And oftentimes um, I was there when they went to bed at night, I would call it getting everybody tucked in um, before I went home, just making sure that everybody had everything they needed and they were safe and secure before I left for the day. And so, you know, we spend oftentimes more waking hours with our work peers than we do with our own families. Well, my waking hours are spent with Fisher House families who are going through these ups and downs and unexpected um, types of things. So many of the families uh, become my friends, um, become dear, sweet loved ones. Um, we exchange Christmas cards. They're on my Facebook. Um, they just, 
our impact for them makes them want us to be a part of their lives because we've become a part of their story. And now they're a part of my story imprinted on my heart. I had one family, um, dad was deployed active duty air force. He's a chaplain in the military and he was deployed um, overseas and mom was at home. They had 12 homeschooling children in all different phases, oh. different grades, um, teenagers to little toddler all the way through, uh, through everything you could imagine that was going on in that mom's life was going on. And then suddenly one of her 10 year old daughter was diagnosed with, um, a rare, ba um, a rare bone cancer. And, um, all of a sudden, what was already a stressful time living in a deployment, being a homeschooling mom with all these activities, you know, things of that nature, mom and um, many of the children, not all of them, because some of them were old enough to stay at home, came to the Fisher house. And it was like about a week and a half before dad could get there. And in that time, the amount of love that we could give not only to mom and to the patient, but to the other five children that came because they needed a place in the house to do their homeschooling work. That was quiet. That was a desktop type area. They needed an opportunity to have their outdoor activity because as you know, with homeschooling, they need to have some outdoor time as well, some activity time. And so we got to be involved in part of that as well. And eventually dad was able to come, but they were with us for almost um, nine or 10 months. So we celebrated the 11th birthday of the daughter who was having the patient, you know, the patient. Um, and those types of things are just absolutely amazing and incredible. Another story I want to share with you is Mr. Kingston. He was my very first um, person at the Fisher House that did not get a positive end to his treatment plan. And he, Mr. Kingston is always and forever going to be on my heart. He was a Vietnam vet who did not um, treat his family well when he came back from the war. And so he had isolated himself from his spouse and from his children, um, from his brothers and sisters. He literally was, um, from his actions, living alone in Alaska mm -hmm. and did not have a support system. And he came to the Fisher House wheelchair bound, um, doing some cancer treatments. And the man I knew was a lovely man, very generous, very kind, very self-sufficient, did not want any help navigating through the house in his wheelchair, anything of that nature. Um, but if he was cooking breakfast and somebody else were to walk in the room, he would say, hey, would you like to have breakfast with me? He was just amazing, gentle, lovely soul. And when he got the diagnosis um, that there was nothing else they could do, and he knew that he was... Um, end of life planning right he was, he was standing in, or he was in the kitchen he was not standing he was in the kitchen with another veteran and the other i was overhearing the conversation another veteran said to him you know if you could do one more thing what what is the one bucket list thing you want to do and mr kingston was a fly fisherman and he made his own flies and he said you know i haven't been able to fly fish since i've been in this wheelchair if i could do one more thing i would like to fly fish one more time. Well, we had an organization at the Alaska Fisher House, and I believe they're uh, part, they're incorporated in other Fisher Houses as well, but it's called Project Healing Waters. And what they do is they take um, 
veterans uh, and they teach them how to tie flies. They teach them how to cast their rods. And then once a year they go on fly fishing trips and many of the things that they do are adaptive to help people. So I got a hold of that local organization, the chapter that was local in my area and explained what was going on with Mr. Kingston and immediately Project Healing Waters sent somebody over and not only did they tie flies with Mr. Kingston, they took him fly fishing one last time. And forever to this day, uh, every single Wednesday night, we still have somebody from Project Healing Waters that comes into the Fisher House and ties flies with anyone that wants to tie youngest age to oldest ages. Um, it's a regular activity that is in the Alaska Fisher House. And it all started with Mr. Kingston. And I often think about if his family could have known the person I knew, how maybe, it, how maybe it would have been different for him. But he didn't die alone. He died with the Fisher House family. Um, he died with a legacy that he left with the Fisher House. Um, and, and so just an incredible, incredible man. So what are your big motivations in helping people? Uh, my motivation for helping people, I think um, early in my life, I had a church friend tell me that they felt that my spirit, um, my spirit value was hospitality. And yeah. so I knew um, very early that taking care of people was something that I, I'm talented and gifted at and I enjoy doing. Um, so I think my motivation for utilizing my skills and talents that are already inherent inside of me is um, the love that comes back to me from these families and um, supporters and volunteers because there is an incredible amount of joy that comes from being a part of that healing process, being, being a part of that special moment in somebody's life, um, being the person um, that is the support when there is nowhere else, nowhere, no support is coming from anywhere else and you get to be that support person. Um, that's incredibly fulfilling. Mm -hmm.